welcome to Blessed Hope Podcast. This is a media outreach by Blessed Hope Bible Presbyterian Church. Today, we will be looking at the sermons of Robert Murray McChain on the book of Hebrews, edited by Michael D. McMullen, published by the Banner of Truth Trust. Sermon 9. Strong Crying and Tears Who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Hebrews 5 verse 7 I showed you on the last occasion how the Jewish priesthood was a mirror reflecting the features of Emmanuel. As we have remarked, coming events cast their shadows before. Now, the priesthood of Aaron was the shadow of the coming Saviour. It was a living statuary showing forth the gracious lineaments of the person and work of Jesus. I showed you that Christ was called of God, though the work was infinitely glorious, giving glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill towards men, and though he was the only being fitted to undertake it, Yet he would not trust himself into the work, but was called of God. I showed you that Christ was truly man. Although equal with the Father, yet he had days of his flesh, for he was born of our bone and flesh of our flesh. I showed you Christ's tender nature, that he had strong crying and tears, showing that he had not only the sympathies of manhood, but the very softness of womanhood. For Jesus wept. From all this I took occasion to encourage believers to go to him in their distress, for he knows your sorrows. I did not know that so many among you would have such cause to seek him earnestly with tears. And I encourage all to go to him as a compassionate saviour that will in no wise cast you out. I now come to consider that he offered up prayers and supplications to him that was able to save him from death, and was hurt in that he feared. I showed you that in the Jewish priesthood, the high priest stood in the breach between sinners and a holy God, and offered up blood shed for sin, making atonement for the people. His was but a shadow of the work of Christ. In other parts of the Bible, the offering which Christ made for sin is much more fully described. In Isaiah 53 verse 10 it is said, Thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. And again in verse 12, He hath poured out his soul unto death. In 1 Peter 2 verse 24, it is written, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. And again in this epistle, He, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, so that we are quite sure that the offering which Jesus made was his own body and soul. He was not only the high priest, but he was the lamb also. He offered himself. In this passage, we are told that he offered up something else along with his body and soul, namely prayers and supplications, which were heard and answered. In this manner did Jesus complete his amazing work for sinners. I will now inquire a little into this nature of those prayers which Jesus offered up, along with his soul and body. For the more you see plainly the nature of the offering of Christ, the more will your peace flow like a river. 
Prayers may be divided into four kinds. Confession. Prayers in which you pour out your sins before God, lying low at His feet, not covering your sins, but freely confessing them. It was in this way Jesus prayed. He had no sin, neither was God found in His mouth. Such an high priest became us. Such are the prayers of the seraphim, adoration, and of the redeemed on the sea of glass in Revelation 15. Great and marvellous are the works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. The prayers of Christ were not of this sort, for they were accompanied with cries and tears. Thanksgiving, such is Psalm 103, where the soul has received mercies from God. Such prayers Christ often gave, especially at the Last Supper. But those here mentioned were very different, being attended not with joy, but with agonizing wrestling of soul. Petition. These are uttered when the soul is in want of anything and cries after God. As a Canaanitish woman cried after Jesus, Lord, help me. Or when the soul is afraid of some awful calamity and prays that it might be averted. As when Hezekiah turned his face to the walls and wept sore. The prayers of Jesus were evidently of this sort. They were prayers that proceeded from a heart full of terror. This is evident from the words used. The words in the original here rendered prayers and supplications are always used to denote deprecatory prayers. That is, prayers for the turning away of some evil. It is also evident from the fact that he feared his prayers arose from an awful fear and amazement in his soul, and from the crying and tears which accompanied his prayers. These are signs of awful terror and dismay of soul. I conclude then that the prayers here spoken of were prayers for the aversion of evil. He did not pray that he might be saved from his sufferings. Some people imagine that in these cries and tears, Christ was praying that he might avoid his last sufferings, because in the Garden of Gethsemane, the first prayer that escaped him was, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But this cannot be, for these reasons. That cry, O oh my Father, was only the first of his prayers in Gethsemane. It was the first cry of his frail human nature that could not bear the sight of his sufferings, but his second and third prayers in which he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground, these were very different. Oh my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Here he gives up the petition as to the cup passing from him altogether. He prays no more for that. The same thing is plain from these words. He was heard in that he feared. Hebrews 5 verse 7. His prayers and cries were all answered. The thing he feared and prayed against did not come upon him, but this could not be his last sufferings, for these came upon him. The cup did not pass from him, but he drank it up. He did pray 
that he might go through with his sufferings, that he might furnish the work his father had given him to do. He was afraid lest he should be overcome when he was brought to the brink of that furnace of wrath into which he was to be cast. He feared lest his poor, frail human nature might shrink back, lest he should be overcome by death, lest he should fail in bearing the wrath of God, and so his whole work would be lost. This was what he feared. He saw that a feeble human body and soul were nothing in the hands of an angry God, and therefore he cried to him that was able to save him from death, and not, not to be spared his sufferings, but to be saved out of them. Not that the wrath should not be poured out on him, but that he might be strengthened to bear it and outlive it and rise again. His cry was, Thy will be done. This was what he cried with agony and tears and sweating blood. He had said, I come to do thy will, O God. And now that he is come to the brink, he prays to be enabled to go through with it. Thy will be done. This shows the amazing stupidity and sottish insensitivity of you who are unconverted and unconcerned. When Jesus came to the brink of his sufferings, he was so amazed. He feared he would sink and be lost under them. He cried, Save me from the lion's mouth, and let not the water flood overflow me. Let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. He was God as well as man. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was infinitely dear to God. He was full of courage at all other times. Danger was nothing to him. Yet now he lay on the ground. He sweated blood. He was in agony and prayed more earnestly. He had strong crying and tears. You are not God. You are not filled with the Holy Ghost. You are not in the love of God. You are not full of courage, but tremble at the shaking of a falling leaf. The same wrath is before you. You may be on the very brink, yet you do not fear. You do not lie down and sweat blood. You do not apologize in prayer. You do not cry with tears. Ah, my friends, how dreadful is it to be given over to a seared conscience, to an iron heart. How will your frail human body and soul bear the wrath of God? You are like the silly moth that flies round and round about the candle till it falls into the flame. Who has ever hardened himself against the Almighty and prospered? All Christ's prayers are answered. He prayed that Lazarus might rise, and it was given him. He prayed that his murderers might be forgiven, and it was granted. Three thousand who had been instrumental in his death were brought to peace by his blood. Acts 2 verse 41. So here he prayed that he might be enabled to finish his work, and was hurt in that he feared. God saved him from death, for though he died under the wrath of God, God did not leave his soul in hell, nor suffer his Holy One to see corruption. He feared lest his hu frail human nature should shrink, should sink before he had offered up the sacrifice. But God heard him and held him by the right hand till he had borne all that should have come on sinners. He feared lest he should not be able to do the will of God, and therefore he cried, 
Thy will be done. With such wrestling, strong crying and tears, but he was carried through. He finished the work which the Father gave him to do. He did the will of God completely. He offered up a complete sacrifice with which God is eternally well pleased. He was hurt in that. He feared. Sinners are invited to come to God by this high priest. Your sins have separated between you and God. It is a gulf no man can pass over. But Jesus was sent into the breach, and he has offered up his body and soul, an offering for sin. And all sinners are now invited to come to God by him. It was an amazing work that the Father gave his Son to do. He feared to come short in it. Therefore he cried and wept and groaned and sweated blood, but God heard his cry and enabled him to go through with his work. It is finished and acceptable, and you are now freely invited to take the benefit of it. Come to Jesus, sinner. There is no other way. The guiltiest may come. Will you try and atone for your own sin? Alas, how vain when you see the agony it caused the Son of God. With what tears and cries he offered up himself. Why will you despise such love? If righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. When Christ came to the brink, he was all alone. And yet he cried and wept and sweated blood. If you knew the value of your souls, the dreadfulness of hell, you would seek salvation as earnestly. Yet how Coldly do the most anxious of you all seek after Christ. How seldom you pray, how dull are your desires, how seldom you weep or cry or sweat through intense agony. Oh, strive to enter in. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. If you draw back, God will have no pleasure in you. If you fall away, it will be impossible to renew you to repentance. It is of infinite consequence to you to get persevering grace. Yet, how cold are your prayers? Where are your cries and tears? Your dull prayers say to God that you do not want it very much. Many prayed more anxiously before conversion than now. Instead of becoming more like Christ, they have turned less like Him. How thou are many of you in secret and in family prayer. How sleepy and cold, contented with a form of prayer. Christ offered up His soul and body for sinners. His cries and tears were all out of love to them, lest He should come short. If you have the Spirit of Christ, you should do the same. You should be willing to die for the brethren. But if God does not ask that you should be willing to spend and be spent, at the least you should offer cries and tears. This is the way ministers should pray for their flocks. In secret, at night, like John Welch at air, their cries and tears should rise to God for the souls committed to them. This is the way fathers and mothers should pray for their children when they are asleep. Jesus was the everlasting father. This is the way brothers should pray. Christ was the elder brother. This is the way teachers should pray for their scholars. This is the way you should pray for a sleeping world. The world was steeped in slumber, some in reverie and the dance. When Jesus lays on the ground at Gethsemane, so should it be with you. This is the way you should pray for enemies. Christ was dying for his enemies and praying for them. This is the only world where you can wrestle with tears. There we shall be priests to offer our praise to all eternity.
Thank you for listening to the Blessed Hope Podcast, a media outreach by Blessed Hope Bible Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit our website at www.blessedhope.sg. Our sermons are available at www.sermonaudio.com slash blessedhope. The Lord bless you and keep you.